you have your Bible or electronic device and you would like to turn with me, I would like to go to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 21. 2 Samuel chapter 21. And I'm going to read three verses of Scripture. This is a very sobering account that is found in the Word of God. But I believe there is some revelation that God wants to give to each and every one of us, specifically to our mothers today. 2 Samuel 21, verse 8 says, But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Mishal, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mehatholathite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites. It's tragic. And they hanged them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell all seven together and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of barley harvest. I want you to notice verse 10. And Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beast of the field by night. Right where you are, would you bow your heads with me and pray that God would speak through his servant, more importantly, speak through his word today. Father, we come before you keenly aware of your spirit that is present in this place today. And God, as I stand with these handful in the sanctuary and going into homes, literally hundreds of homes in our area and across the state, around this country, I pray that the word of the Lord would quicken each and every heart. May we hear what it is that the Spirit wants to say to us. May we be encouraged. May we also be challenged. God, may it be planted deep within the recesses of our heart. Lord, to change us from the inside out. We give all glory and honor to you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For a few moments, I'd like to talk to you about a mother's resolve. A mother's resolve. This is certainly an important day, and while we cannot be together in person, we certainly are together in spirit, not only to worship Jesus, but to honor special women in our lives that have nurtured us to this very moment, our moms. Whether we are still under our mother's roof or out on our own, if they are still living, whether we admit it or not, we are still receiving strength from them. And even if they have passed on, their memories still encourage us with a smile, a thought, a saying, a motivation to keep pressing on. There are several mothers in the Bible that are certainly worthy to mention today and we could be spending a lot of time on. There was Jochebed found in the book of Exodus, who transferred her faith to Moses, her son, and influenced him so much that when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Or we have the cry of 
Hannah's heart. In the book of 1 Samuel, she wanted to have a son. And furthermore, the sacrifice of that child to the service and the work of the Lord in the temple. Who would not remember the courage of Mary, the mother of Jesus, as she stood at the foot of the cross, risking her own life and welfare, watching her son die a cruel death, no doubt remembering the words of Simeon 33 years earlier, when that word to her 33 years earlier was that one day a sword would pierce through her heart also. But today I want to talk for a few moments about a woman named Rizpah, more specifically her resolve, her sacrifice, her mission. This woman had borne two sons to King Saul. Their names were Armoni and Mephibosheth. Because of evil, though, that had been done to a group of people called the Gibeonites, seven of the sons of Saul, including these two, had to pay with their lives to appease the Gibeonites and to lift the curse off of the nation of Israel. And so the Bible says, tragically, that, that they hung Rizpah's two sons along with five others of Saul's sons in front of the hill of the Lord. It's a tragic story. It's not the kind of story you expect to hear on Mother's Day. It has a horrific ending for this mother named Rizpah. It no doubt destroyed her. It no doubt broke her emotionally. None of us here can begin to imagine the pain that this mother must have went through. No one even had respect to take the bodies of the men down. And so their corpses just hung there on the gallows uh, out in the elements. But I want you to notice something today in the Word of God. You notice what Rizpah does, first of all. She takes sackcloth, and she spread it over a rock. Now, it's important to note today that she could have picked any kind of covering, but she chose sackcloth, which is very much a burlap type of material, a rough, grainy uh, material. And as I looked at that, I thought, boy, she could have picked all kinds of material. Why did she pick uh, this uh, sackcloth? But then I, I'm reminded that other places in Scripture, sackcloth is used. And, and, and you know, I, I know for a fact that when sackcloth was worn in the Bible as a covering, it was, it was a sign of, of repentance. And as I looked at that this week in preparing for today, I, I began to ask the question, uh, could it be that, that uh, Rizpah chose sackcloth to cover the rock with uh, as a sign of regret, as a sign of repentance uh, for where she felt like she may have failed as a mother to those two sons? How how many of us parents today, how many of us moms listening to this preacher this morning have looked back and, and, and said, boy, as it relates to my son, as it relates to my daughter, I wish I could do it over again. I would certainly uh, do things differently. Maybe maybe Rizpah had sackcloth there because she, she had some regret as a, as a mother. Sackcloth also represented brokenness. It represented mourning. And there was no one that could have been more broken at that moment than Rizpah was. She was, a, she was a broken mom with an arrow through her heart, devastated at the loss of her two sons. 
Now, you and I, when we go through a mourning process, when somebody dies in our family, it can be anywhere from three to five days from the time a person passes to the time that we say our farewell. And some would even say that's a a, a very brief mourning process, more of an official mourning process. But I want you to note something today, that with, with no way to physically get the bodies of her sons down, she stayed there, not for three to five days, but if you, if you study it out, you understand that she stayed right there with the corpses of her two sons for the next six months, from the beginning of harvest, which is in the month of April, until the heavy rains of the month of October. She stayed there by the bodies of those uh, two boys. Not only did she stay there 24 hours a day, seven days a week for up to 180 days, but she protected the corpses of her sons from birds that would try to light upon their deceased bodies by day, or that she would be there to fend off the beast of the field that would attempt to feed upon them by night. The bodies, no doubt, were blackened, and they were decaying. The Scripture says the life of a body is found in the blood, and the blood is is no longer coursing through the veins. No doubt the the corpse's bodies are, are withering from the heat and withering from the cold and from the rain. But the Scripture says she stayed right there. She did not have the power to prevent their gruesome murders and assassinations, but no one could keep her from caring for their mangled bodies that hung from the gallows. I thought what an amazing sacrifice of a mother to be able, knowing that the hope was gone, but being that's the only the only thing she could cling to was the shell of the bodies of her two sons. You see, the law had required that if anyone was hung as a death penalty, that their bodies had to be removed by sunset the same day that they were that they were hung. But the law in this case was completely disregarded, and a mother, a heartbroken mother, would stay through all kinds of adverse conditions, and she would protect as she might the bodies of her babies literally for months to come. And you say, how in the world could that happen? Could any mother do that? But I dare say that listening to the sound of my voice this morning, there are mothers listening that can understand, they can appreciate, because they would do the very same thing, because the Scripture states that love is as strong as death. What I need you to understand today as you listen to me is that while others despised these boys as criminals, Rizpah regarded and clung to them as her children. While she could not remove the reproach of her sons, Rizpah would share the reproach with them. They were accounted as accursed and unworthy of the burial of even animals, but she would not cast them out of her heart. The more they were shamed, the more Rizpah clung to them. I want you to get this. The deeper their disgrace, the deeper 
deeper was her compassion. I want to say that again. The deeper their disgrace, the deeper was her compassion. And I want you to let that sink in today. Her resolve, her determination was sort of like this. I went to the throes of death to bring them into this world. They nursed at my breast. I stayed up with them when they were sick. I fed them. I nourished them. I cried with them. I counseled them. I cheered them on. They are my babies and there ain't no jackals and no vultures and no mountain lions and no bird of the air and no beast of the field will devour or mangle or even rest upon their bodies. I thought this week, I said, what a powerful, powerful sacrifice. And then the Lord began to deal with me and and convict me as a dad myself. And and we dads, sometimes we, we get frustrated and we get impatient with that wayward son. And, and we get frustrated with that wandering daughter that continues to hurt us. And there are times, I'll be the first to admit sometimes we just want to throw our hands up in the air because we get irritated. Sometimes we even get irritated with mom's continued patience. But I want to show you a passage of scripture in the word of God. It's found in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1. And I want you to listen to what it says. It says a foolish son, or we could easily put daughter in parentheses, is the heaviness of his or her her mother. I want to read that again. A foolish son or daughter is the heaviness of his or her mother. And let me just say to the dads today, you're not supposed to understand the burden of mom's heart because it is the mother's calling. It is the mother's burden. And the deeper the shame of that child, the deeper the compassion of that believing mother is going to be. Now let me quickly go to the stark contrast in this story today with our reality. See, for Rizpah, there was no hope for her two boys, Armoni and Mephibosheth, because they had died. Their corpses were all she had to hold on to. But let me say today, moms, you are on a mission just like Rizpah. And many of you listening, you have babies, you have children that are dead in trespasses and sins. Let me just tell you something, friend that is listening today. There is something much worse than being physically dead as those two boys were, and that is to be spiritually dead. The scripture says, Jesus said, fear not him who is able to destroy the body, but fear him who is able to destroy the soul. But spiritually dead, moms, understand They are yet physically alive. And as long as they're physically alive, there is still hope. They're still breathing by the grace of God. And as long as there's breath, there's still an opportunity for God to do something significant in their lives and in their hearts. Let me just stop here for a moment and give you some brutal facts. And these brutal facts, are they're going to rub you a little bit here. They're going to cause the the playing field to be evened out. But let me tell you something. The first fact is, sometimes good Christian parents end up 
with Christian children. That's the first thing I'll tell you. The second thing I'll tell you is that sometimes good Christian parents end up with heathen children. The third fact I'll tell you is that sometimes heathen parents end up with heathen children. And the fourth fact is sometimes heathen parents end up with Christian children. If you are listening to your pastor this morning and all of your children are serving the Lord, you have no bragging rights over another mom in the church. It is by the grace of God and God's grace alone. This is the first year in over 26 years that I will be with my mother this afternoon. And I am thankful that she is here with us in this area. And I can confidently say I would put her godliness up against anyone I know because she is and has been a righteous woman for over 60 plus years. But I know that there have been times that all three of her children, including yours truly, were not serving the Lord. But it never shook her resolve. She never gave up. You who have children today that are lost or backslidden, now's not the time to give up. Now's not the time to give in. You pray for them. You weep for them. You groan and cry for them. You make up your mind that you will keep the vultures and the jackals and the hounds of hell away from them through your prayers and the holding on to the promises of God for them. You stand on those promises, mom. For the Bible says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. The scripture says, he that goeth forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The scripture tells us that if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only will we be saved, but our household will be saved. You keep planting the seed. You keep claiming the promises. You have the resolve of Rizpah. For again, unlike Rizpah's boys, as long as there is breath in your son, as long as there is breath in your daughter, there is hope. And you went to the throes of death to bring them into this world. So I challenge you today, in the name of Jesus, come boldly. Go boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy for them and to help them in their time of need. Hold on, Mom, today. One day the plant will break through the ground. One day they will get it, and they will get it for good. One day not only will they get a hold of it, but it will get a hold of them. And when it gets a hold of them, they won't let go, and neither will the Lord. It takes your presence. It takes tough love. I've talked to some of you moms in the last few weeks, and I can hear the tough love in your voice. I've talked to some of you other moms in the last few weeks with some of the things you're going through with your kids, and I can, I can just hear and feel that heart of overwhelming compassion, feeling hopeless and helpless as to what you can do for your son or daughter. A true story. 
becomes told by a pediatric nurse in Houston, Texas. She's gotten to know a mother and a small son who are both suffering from full-blown AIDS. The little boy was dependent upon all kinds of medication and oxygen. At one time, he, like all other little boys, would race and pull his red wagon through the neighborhood, an energetic child. But he had come down with AIDS as his mother had. And in the last stages of illness, they both were dying. It became obvious that Tyler was going to go first. So his mother decided to have a talk with him. And as she was talking with him, she brought up the topic of heaven. She said, Tyler, I was kind of hoping that you would do your growing up here, but the doctors say that your body is telling them that you might want to move on and grow up in heaven. Tyler, I've made a decision. And she's talking to her small son. If you're going to live in heaven, I'm going to do that too. Because wherever you are, that is where I want to be also. A few days went by, and the nurse that was recounting the story, her name was Cindy. <clears throat> she was in the room. And Tyler said, Miss Cindy, will you do me a favor? Sure, Tyler, what do you need? The little boy said, when I die, would you put a red shirt on me? Miss Cindy said, why, Tyler? He said, well, I'm going to grow up in heaven. And I've been told it's fun over there. And I will have lots of friends. But my mommy is coming over, and she will be looking for me. And if I'm busy playing, I want her to see me. So would you give me a red shirt? Tyler continued, Miss Cindy, you know heaven wouldn't be heaven without mommy. Cindy said she was overwhelmed by the inexpressible sense of peace at this awful hour. His peace came from the result of his mother's presence with him through his life and the promise that no matter where he went and no matter what happened, she would be there. As bad as it was, Rizpah was there. The ministry of presence. The only peace your lost children remotely have is knowing that you are there burden-bearing, nighttime praying until they come home. Moms, your presence is their peace. Your presence is their power. Your presence is their put, placing their trust in Jesus. And I challenge you today, don't let anyone, husband, other kids, friends, cause you to give up the ministry of presence. I sense that some moms are heavy hearted today because you keep reaching out and you keep feeling rejected. That son, that daughter has closed themselves in 
and shut the world out. And you can't fix it today. Keep on praying. Keep on being present. One day, hallelujah, one day, they will receive the love that you offer. I want to pray. We're going to sing a song here in a minute, but I want to pray. And if you have lost children, wherever you are, grab your husband by the hand. Bow your heads with me if you have lost children. I want you to pray for them right now. Now, if you're listening to me and all of your children are saved, I want you to think of that that good Christian sister that you love, that you cherish as a friend, and you know they have lost sons and daughters, and I want you to pray for them right now. Father, I come before you today thanking you for mom, thanking you for my own mother, who I know there were strategic times in my life when it was her prayers that carried me through. I join with every mother listening to me today. There are names that are coming to my spirit right now. I pray for those mothers as they sit at their kitchen table. That a peace and a resolve would come over them. That whether accepted or rejected, they are not going to compromise their presence. They'll beat away the fowls of the air and the beast of the field that plan on destroying their sons and daughters eternally. It will not happen. They will brace themselves and fight the good fight of faith and contend for the faith and stand on the promises of God's Word. May the spirit of Rizba come on to the heart and into the spirit of every mother with lost children today. My God, my God, my God. Father, this is sacred ground. It's not just here in this sanctuary. But I'm telling you, if we've pleaded the blood over our soul, then we pleaded it over our home. And right where they're at, where they're at, whatever their address is in this town, in this county, down in the south, across the Midwest, across the world, if they are tuning in right now, wherever they are at, if the blood has been placed over their soul, the soul of this mom and dad listening to this preacher, then it is over the door of their home. They are on holy ground. 